Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. I am your host, Bill, and this is part three, the finale of the Black Friday trilogy. As this week, I will be reviewing the episode Titties and Dragons, which surprisingly doesn't come up at all. Neither one of them. But this is the final part of the Black Friday trilogy, which, if you remember, a couple of episodes ago, one fan or one person wrote on IMDb, this trilogy is better than, than the Imagination Land trilogy. And up to this point, that person's right. But... Does the third and final part hold up? That is what we're about to find out. So they took uh, their annual Thanksgiving break, which is why the date of the episode is, you know, in December. So uh, let's not waste any more time. Let's dive into this week's episode, Titties and Dragons. The episode was written and directed by Trey Parker and originally aired on December 4th, 2013, which would be three weeks before Christmas. And if you're going by the storyline of this entire saga, two days before the actual Black Friday. So we get a... A second previously on South Park, which is kind of enjoyable, and then for the for for this one, the opening is Wiener, 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 and I just enjoyed that. So the episode begins with Princess Kenny. Kenny is at the Sony headquarters, and this animation is done wonderfully. This is still in the anime style. And the Sony company is getting very worried, very concerned about what's going to happen on uh, the Black Friday with the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. And Princess Kenny is there to help them. How does Kenny help them? Well, there's one part in the dialogue where... A shipload of PlayStation 4s is about to come, but is intercepted by three Microsoft ships. And Princess Kenny comes to the rescue to help save the ship that has the PlayStation 4s to make sure that they get there. So, the camp for the Xbox Ones can't believe it, especially Cartman. And Kyle points out, all you had to do was let Kenny be a princess. Cartman's argument is, he can't be a princess, he's a dude. Fair argument. So, Kyle then tells Cartman that he's got an idea. He has an idea to get the, the Xboxes which takes us to the PlayStation camp. And Stan has this set up because, as we have seen, and it has grown, there are people outside waiting at the mall to get in. 
it has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. So, Stan's idea is they go to the Red Robin because the Red Robin is in adjacent to the mall. And you can go from the Red Robin into the mall. And they're like, that's perfect. That's great. Well, that's when we find out that Cartman and Kyle have come to the PlayStation camp. And they say that they have accepted defeat, that the PlayStation 4 is the far superior console of the two, and that they will get PlayStation 4s when Black Friday comes for the 96%. And Stan is like, this is great. This is fantastic. We can do a Red Robin wedding. Though Stan doesn't realize that Kyle has his fingers crossed. <gasps> it's a double cross. Meanwhile, meanwhile the, the channel is still reporting and this one guy gets interviewed and the reporter says that this guy has been waiting outside since Thanksgiving night. And, and he's like, well, what have you done? And he's like, well, we ate our five-year-old to death. Uh, he drew the shortest straw and uh, we had to eat him to death. Because, you know, I wanted to get a Blu-ray player. Gonna cost me 20 bucks. And then he starts singing in a Christmas tune how he ate his five-year-old kid. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. So, now the Red Redding, the Red, the Red Robin Wedding is going to happen. And Cartman is with Stan in the garden. And it's the same thing, and it, and it just never gets old. That's the amazing thing, is it never gets old. Because he's like, Cartman gets the flower, smells it, gives it to Stan. And Cartman does the whole thing where it's like, we know what we're really there for. We're going to let everyone else hold the door. You and I, we're going to get the Playstations. And then the old guy's like, he's lying to you! It's a big setup. They're going to double cross you. It's a whole lie. He's told this to like three other people. And there's this argument between Cartman and the guy. And it is absolutely fantastic. It is hilarious. It, it really is. So now we basically are getting right to Black Friday. But. We have to go back to Princess Kenny. See how Princess Kenny is doing. Because he's still at the PlayStation or the Sony uh, headquarters. And notices, or one guy there shows a chart of how both the Xbox and the PlayStation 4 sales are neck and neck. And how this is going to be very, very close. So Princess Kenny then gets an invitation to the Red Robin wedding. And, you know, he, he has to leave. He has to leave. And the people at Sony are so sad because Princess Kenny is leaving. And one person is like, A good boy, Princess Kenny! And then Kenny jumps out 
through an open window thinking he could fly and falls like some 50 feet to the crowd and there's blood on the streets and you're like oh no Kenny accidentally killed himself but Kenny is alive Kenny lives he's okay maybe because it's an anime that Kenny doesn't die (laughs) so Kenny is now on his way to the Red Robin wedding. Now, Randy is in charge of the security, and they're now down to about seven or eight guys, because the last guy that died was beheaded. Well, well, this is great. And there's one guy who's crying, and he's not sure if he's going to be able to take it. And Randy's like, you got a little girl. You've got a little girl. You can, you can make it. You can absolutely make it. And then you see a bunch of people climb to the top of the mall, breaking the windows. And the security guard just can't take it. And he's running away. And then he gets an arrow to his back. And we see that Randy was the one that shot him with the arrow. And he's like, oh, God, why did another one have to go? It's another one that we liked. Why do all the people we like go? So now everyone's getting really restless. Meanwhile, at the Red Robin, they're getting ready for the wedding. But we don't know who's getting married. Well, we find out. Because... The people that are getting married are Tom Hanks and Beyonce. Because everybody likes Tom Hanks and Beyonce. I'm going to tell you a little secret. I don't like Beyonce. That's all I'm going to say. I don't like Beyonce. So, Kyle comes over and he's talking with Cartman and he talks about you know he's asking where stan is because stan needs to be here and it's like well he's not gonna show up what do you mean well he's just not going to show up we want to know why well we find out that sharon grounded stan for taking a dump In the man's garden. Yep. You got it. Cartman blamed Stan. For taking a dump. In that person's garden. Only Cartman. Right folks? Only Cartman. So. They have a talk. And there's even a point. Where Kyle brings up how. Stan's dad is working security. And that's how Stan knew about this sale. And Stan's like, I didn't know anything about that. And Kyle's like, wait, what? You didn't know? And it's just this whole back and forth, and now everything's starting to break down piece by piece by piece. So we finally get there, and George R. R. Martin has arrived after riding by horse with Butters and a knocked-out Scott Malkinson, who, I'm not really sure how he's still alive. 
And uh, their horses had really big wieners, by the way. So George R.R. R. Martin is there to cut the ribbon, to signal the start of Black Friday. And just before he's about to do it, he starts talking about wieners and his wiener. And this drives the people mad. So at the Red Robin, we see that the Red Robin wedding is going on. And Kenny has made it. Kenny has arrived and is sitting next to Cartman. And everything is going according to plan. And at one point, Cartman talks to Clyde, who says, When I say the word, you're going to blow the whistle, and that's when we're going to get the doors. So, as that's going on, George R.R. R. Martin is still talking about wieners. So, Cartman is talking with Kenny when he sees that Clyde's not at the door. Wait, why, why is Clyde not at the door? Well, that's because it's another double cross. Because Kyle has turned his back on Cartman and the entire Xbox team. And now they are in a vulnerable position of getting destroyed. So, now it looks like the PlayStation 4 group is about ready to win. When all of a sudden, here comes Bill Gates. Bill Gates is here. And he's here to help make sure that the Xbox wins. But then, here comes the head of Sony, who's here to make sure that the PlayStation 4 wins. And now it's like, well, wait a minute. What's going on here? And then, to make things even more crazy, again, I've never seen Game of Thrones, I'm not really sure if this actually happens, Stan arrives and has locked the door. He has completely locked the door with the bolt, the lock and everything. And he's like, look, these two made this whole thing up. They wanted us to fight for their systems. Well, now we're going to let you. So Bill Gates takes off his shirt. And I had to look at the tattoos. Because he's got 1971 on it. MS-DOS. Uh, on the back, I think it was R.I.P. Steve Jobs. Which was pretty funny. And then the fight begins so as they're fighting george rr R. martin is still talking about his wiener when one guy finally just has enough grabs george cuts his wiener off george rr R. martin's wiener off throws it into the crowd oh, oh okay and they basically storm the doors and that is when all hell breaks loose Meanwhile, in the Red Robin, Bill Gates is finishing beating up the head of Sony, winning the fight, and saying that the Xbox One is the far superior console of the two. If you want my honest opinion about both, go back to 
Black Friday from a couple of weeks ago. You'll get my honest opinion. So, as that fight has ended, everybody is getting there in the mall. They are fighting. There's blood being shed, people getting killed. Randy's trying to control everything. He gets a call from Sharon saying, Uh, Randy, do you know that your son left the room? He left our house and he's grounded? No, I didn't. Did you know that he's going to the Red Robin for the wedding of the re- the wedding? And he's like, oh my God, I gotta save, I gotta save Stan. And it's like, oh, Tom, Tom Hanks and Beyonce. I love those guys. And it is just an absolute massacre of people. So, so Randy finally gets to the door, unlocks, opens it. And tells them to go shopping. And then we get maybe the funniest scene of the, not, not only this episode, but maybe of the entire trilogy, maybe of the entire season, and maybe one of the funniest scenes in the history of South Park. It's not a joke that's said. It's not a, a song that they made up. No. So the boys come out. And we start hearing a piano play. It's a Christmas tree. But it's the Charlie Brown one. From a Charlie Brown's Christmas. One of the most famous Christmas specials of all time. And here they go. Walking along. As the song is being played, there is a shitload of dead people in the mall. There is a puddle of blood. Not even a puddle. Like a gallon of blood flowing all over the mall. They go up the escalator. The music is playing. They act as if nothing even happened and then they finally get to the video game store and of all the people that may have survived what happened is this one clerk behind the counter at the video game store asking what they want and they get an xbox one when the music started to play, I laughed because I was like, this is perfect. This is absolutely perfect. You could not have timed it any better. So they end up playing the Xbox One and they're kind of enjoying it. And then Cartman turns it off and goes outside the house. And they're like, Cartman, you guys won. You guys won the console wars. I was like, yeah, I know. I mean, I still can't get the vision of Bill Gates beating up that executive out of my head. But then he talks about how, you know, we should play outside more. This is, this is very, this was really good because it's like, you know, we should play outside more. Be kids. Why should Microsoft and Sony control our lives? And... 
he, he grabs this stick from the ground. And he's like, we could take this stick and we could play with it and we could make it whatever we want it to be. And then at the end pops up a brief ad for South Park, the stick of truth coming out on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One coming soon. And then Butters comes up and he's like, and if you don't like it, then you can eat my sloppy wiener. And that is the end of Titties and Dragons. Whew. Okay, before I get to my thoughts on the episode and the score, I want to mention the end. Because it had been talked about a couple of in, in, uh, in the previous two episodes. Basically, the stick of truth in this game. So the game came out March 4th, 2014. So this comes out three months after the episode airs this is a role-playing game and boy did it do amazingly just with critics and how you know it, it was all done um the lowest score that i'm seeing from wikipedia it got a seven out of ten Everything else is like 9 out of 10, 8 out of 10, 8 and a half, 9, 5 stars, and 85 out of 100. You know, this did really, really well. Um, this game won the Best Role-Playing Game Award at the 2012 Game Critics Award. At the 2014 National Academy of Video Game Trade Reviewers, Awards. The game received awards for writing in a comedy animation in the artistic category and best non-original role-playing game. It also received nominations for Game of the Year, Original Light Mix Score Franchise, and Sound Effects. Parker's multi-character voice work won him the award for performance in a comedy supporting. Stone was also nominated in that category. At the 2014 Golden Joystick Awards, The Stick of Truth received three nominations for Game of the Year, Best Storytelling, and Best Visual Design. At the inaugural Game Awards event, Trey Parker won for Best Performance for his multiple roles, and the game received two nominations for Best Role-Playing Game and Best Narrative. At the 2015 South by Southwest Festival, the game received the Excellence in Convergence Award for achievements in adapting material from another entertainment medium. The game also received a DICE Award nomination for Outstanding Achievement in Story. IGN listed it as the 50th best game of the contemporary console generation, and Giant Bomb named it the best surprise of 2014 for overcoming its development issues. Shack News and Financial Post labeled it the 7th best game of 2014, while The Guardian named it as the 12th best. Kotaku listed Dunlap's score, and uh, the Dunlap that I am referring to is Jamie Dunlap, uh... As one of the best of the year, saying that it was a really good tongue-in-cheek Skyrim knockoff that captured South Park's bright musicality. 
In 2017, IGN listed the pixelated Canada area at number 98 on its list of the top 100 unforgettable video game moments, and PC Gamer named it one of the best role-playing games of all time. In 2018, Game Informer labeled it the 82nd best role-playing game of all time, stating, In the world of licensed video games, few titles stand out as exceptional or worthy of the source material. Now, I did buy the game when it came out. I did buy the game. And I'll be honest, the, the graphics were amazing. They were really well done. It stuck to what came from this trilogy. The only thing is, I'm not a role-playing video game guy, honestly. I never really got into it. Now, Fro, you know, when he was on here, talked about how he absolutely loved this game. One of the best games he's ever played. And if you look at the graphics and what, you know, happened... It's pretty damn good. I'm in. Now, as far as this episode goes, this was just well done. Just a great way to end the trilogy. And again, the, the, the scene where the boys go out after the bloodbath and the Charlie Brown music is playing was one of the funniest things I honestly, I honestly, honest to God, I've ever seen on South Park. And it's the small stuff. It really is the small stuff that makes stuff like this funny. And, you know, I gave the first two episodes a 10. Why should this not get a 10? This was very well done. Very entertaining. This is truly the best South Park trilogy, honestly, that they have ever done. I'm giving this a 10 out of 10. It is just masterful. And I think this is safe to say this is the three parts. This is the highlight of season 17 for sure. Like hands down. This is the highlight of season 17. Couple of production notes. As with the previous episode, the show's opening title sequence is modified to depict the characters in their role-playing garb, while the soundtrack has been altered to include the penis-themed chorus singing to the Game of Thrones opening theme introduced in the previous episode. Trey Parker and Matt Stone said that they experimented with different styles of opening sequences before settling on the penis-themed chorus version. A Japanese Princess Kenny opening sequence was one of the original ideas. Okay, now that would have been pretty fun to see. Max Nicholson of IGN gave the episode a 9 out of 10, writing, The final chapter of South Park's Black Friday trilogy finished strong, with plenty of laugh-out-loud moments, subtle commentary, and genius satire. There was a few nitpicks, most of which were negligible, but overall, this week's episode proved that Matt and Trey can still dish out a satisfying multi-part arc with style. Marcus Gilmer of the AV Club gave the episode an A-, praising the Red Robin wedding and said, 
The show's ability to inject a bit of soul is one of the best tricks the writers have pulled off regularly throughout the show's run. Beneath all the crude jokes and the potty humor, there's legitimate heart that manages to be genuine and self-aware without ever straying into the Maldine. Mold, yeah, not Maldine, the Maldine. Alright, let's go to IMDB and see what they thought of this week's episode. Over 2,800 people have rated this episode, and the average rating is an 8.8 out of 10. To break it into demographics, 1,166 people gave this a 10. That is the score I'm giving it this week. 776 people gave it a 9. 445 people gave it an 8. And 61 people gave it a 1. To break it into demographics, the average rating for males is an 8.7 with its highest demographic, being in the 18 to 29 category with an average rating of a 9. In the under 18, 5 people had an average rating of a 9.4, but I'm not going to count that. For females, the average rating is an 8.6 with its highest demographic also being in the 18 to 29 department with an average rating of an 8.7. One female under 18 gave it a 10, but I'm not going to count that. Well, thankfully, uh, we have multiple user reviews of this episode. So let's check out these reviews. And I'm going to start off with Puppet Master, who wrote, A great end to an amazing trilogy. I found myself laughing throughout the entire episode, rooting for Princess Kenny, for reasons unknown, and overall completely enjoying myself. It parodies Black Friday shoppers and Game of Thrones perfectly, and even parodies gamers awesomely. This is definitely one of my favorite South Park episodes, and I sincerely hope that this trilogy is turned into a movie like Imagination Land. I think it actually did, so you don't have to worry. This trilogy also restored my hope in the show, which was starting to dwindle after being at least, if not more, a little bit disappointed each week in Season 17. But I loved this episode, and would definitely rank it among the top episodes of all time of any TV show. I also wouldn't mind a spin-off series of Princess Kenny. I was also pleasantly surprised to notice growth in some of the characters, especially Randy as he takes up the responsibility of Black Friday. Anyone who's a diehard fan or even somebody that only chuckles once per season should definitely watch this episode. Next review is going to be from Jalala, Jalala? who wrote, what to say? Love the way they have turned the show into a superb direction. And the Black Friday episodes are no exception. All the different TV shows they borrow, in quotes, from here is mixed perfectly. After that, the multi-billion corporation, they enroll to heightened stakes around an already tense shopping day. A beautiful way to really make us think about our high consume of almost anything. I was very impressed with this trilogy. So South Park Studios, please do not return to the things from season 1 through 6. So keep the current event satire to the max. In my opinion, a great, great trilogy. Not just the plot, but all the unique characters. Uh, next review is from Board underscore Dragon. Yeah, I'll read it one more time. I've already read it twice. 
I'll read it one more time. South Park's authors should be given the Nobel Oscars for Lifetime Achievement. These people are completely nuts. It is the fact that everyday life is an inexhaustible source of inspiration for mockery, but South Park does it better than anyone else. This time, they made a parody of Game of Thrones and spiced it by ridiculing The Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, and other cult franchises along the way, poking gamers, global corporations, the media, and more. And all that in the form of Trilogy! Be sure not to miss episodes 7 through 9 of the 17th season. It was a rather painful experience because it is quite inconvenient to laugh like crazy while your jaw stiffened in disbelief. Next review is from ThunderKing6 who wrote, Weak ending and somewhat middle to this three-part episode. Part 1 was the best. Half of part 2 was good. And part three, it had some funny bits. Overall, it wasn't good. The poem singer guy was not funny. He was probably what ruined the three-part episode. Wow. Okay. And the final review is from M667, who wrote, Most South Park fans will enjoy this episode a lot, especially if they really enjoyed the most of this season. I mean... What can I say? This, like I said, this is more than likely the the peak, the highlight of season 17. Um, probably three of the best Renan episodes South Park has ever done. This is probably the best trilogy that they will ever do. Unless I see something better, I'll admit it, but there's just something about this trilogy that just made it so much fun to watch and entertaining. I hadn't seen it in years, and I think I'm going to watch it again in the very near future, or hopefully in the very near future, because those three were fantastic. You can follow the show on Twitter at SharksPond97, and you can join the show's Facebook group, Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast where you could join other fans to discuss past, present, and when they come up, future South Park episodes. Well, believe it or not, we got one more episode to go for season 17. See, this is the advantage of having 10 episode seasons now. The seasons are not that long. They don't feel long. Next time around, we're going to wrap up season 17 as I review The Hobbit. Oh boy. Wonder what that one will be about. Thank you all for tuning in, and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. I'm Bill, and I'll talk to you all later. <laughs>